You're listening to The Secret Sauce Podcast, unveiling life's hidden recipes for success, happiness, and fulfillment by finding the unique ingredients that shape individuals' extraordinary journeys. Well, hello, good morning. My name is Jeffrey Davis with Secret Sauce Podcast. And I'm Lynn Bush with Secret Sauce Podcast. Good morning. We're hoping to spend the next hour here with you, uh, talking to you about... uh, uh, a little bit of AI, a little bit about what's going on in Israel, um, a little bit about the Texas Rangers, um, and try to see how we can see find the secret sauces in, in each one of those. Um, thanks for being here this morning. It's great to be here. How's how's your first two days of the week been? Ab- absolutely great. Yeah? yeah? Now, is that because you've changed a lot of lives or you've helped out a lot of marriages or well, your dogs licked you that and every my day dogs, when you got home this week or my, my dogs are wonderful got they your make, car back they make my life great and i got my car back and all of that was just for the battery just so for the battery it's a brand new battery uh-huh. for a thousand dollars yeah yeah right, right. <laughs> actually it was two thousand no <laughs> <laughs> that's great well you know you were, we were talking before this started about um about our Congress not doing what I think is right for for all of us. There's so many personalities yeah. that want what's personal for them, not what's right for the people. Um, right. And we don't have a speaker. We don't have a speaker, and really we don't even have a Congress because they're not doing what they're, what they're supposed to do. They're not working for us yeah. as they should be. Now, did you like Jim Jordan? Jim Jordan's fine. Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't matter to me who's there. You know? Somebody needs to be there. But somebody. Yeah. 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 Somebody needs to, yeah. to move our Congress along. We, right. we can't have solutions if we don't have solutions. Right. And the sad thing is they don't seem to understand what they're doing there. They're there because we send them there to do a job. No. That's not why they're there anymore. They're there because they're amusing themselves and they're getting rich. They're getting rich. And they're... It's a power thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, I want to be cool and look good and go to the right parties and have the right opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's very few of the Congress men and women that are there today, I don't believe are there for, for me. Oh, no, I agree. I agree. A little old guy here in Fort Worth. Johnson County, Burleson, Texas. They don't, I don't, they don't give a damn about me. Right. My brother doesn't, middle America, nobody in middle America believes today that, right. that they're there for us. Right. But, you know, I, I believe you, you create your own, you know, course in life. And so, you know, I, we just have to abide by what they create and, and go be great at it and what you do. Yeah. Inside of somebody else's rules. It's you know, it sounds like we're gonna have another set of rules here in two years and then we'll have made probably another set of rules four years after that. And so, you know, it's not a it's not a great cycle to to be wanting to 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 put it out there for opportunities for, you know, crazy things to happen. Like Yeah. <clears throat> so it's uh it's scary to me. I wish I wish all the politicians would have to post their secret sauce on why they're there online before they get to to Congress so we can talk to them about it. I think there's got to be some sort of better, you know, 
communication. I don't know. I mean, I just don't know what's right anymore. I mean, you had a, a lady who's from Maryland and was living in Maryland as now the state senator from California. Right. And she had to get a residence in California before he could nominate her to uh-huh. be that position. And uh-huh. and I don't think that, I don't think Miss Maryland may be great, but she probably doesn't know what all those people on all those side streets of L.A. Right. need help doing. Um, I don't. Right. Uh, I don't think right. she's probably even driven the streets of L.A. before. And so... Um, I think they they need to get back to finding the right I- ideas of why they're there and why America is important uh-huh. and and what and what they're supposed to do while they're there. They're supposed to change lives and make things great for America. Right. Our country doesn't. There's no American secret sauce anymore. It's it's all mm-hmm. bunch of individuals. That's why there's. Mm-hmm. You can't get unity in really anything you do today because, you know, everybody's out for themselves, uh-huh. not for for the better good of people. Right. The better good of people, that, that secret sauce is gone. And I was listening earlier to a podcast with AOC. You know, that's tra- she's tragic. She's just tragic. Well, you heard that <clears throat> that lady from Palestine yeah. called the president and, and, and his cabinet and... and yeah. Austin for not stopping Israel from protecting themselves, that they were murderers themselves. Like she went off on it. You know, I can remember as a kid being told, you don't, you don't even say out loud, I'm going to kill the president. Right. Because you could get in trouble. Um, And today you have politicians saying death to America. Uh How are you a politician for America saying death to America? Right. That's just that doesn't make sense. No, and and she should be kicked out. I mean, she literally at a rally yesterday was saying "death to America" uh-huh, uh-huh. at her Islamic, and and yeah. So, I think we need more secret sauces. So I got to look up some some great things, and you know, education. You know, as it wasn't so important to me growing up, it's super important for me for my family, right? Going forward. <clears throat> And so, um, you know, we talk a lot about AI. Um, and I had, you know, I, I was researching some some things about how AI was going to affect our education. You know, they, they believe at some point that you will have virtual teachers, AI mm-hmm. teachers mm-hmm. in classrooms in like the near future. Like not <clears throat> 20 years from uh-huh. now, like maybe five years from now. Uh-huh. Where they're teaching you Spanish and English uh-huh. and Russian and all the stuff from around the world. They were talking about how how over the next 20 years, children will probably speak multiple different languages. Because, you know, now you've got to go find someone who speaks Indian to teach the kids Indian that uh-huh. wants to be an educator. Uh-huh. Um, where... Now they just they'll be able to program an AI machine with a pretty right. face or handsome right. guy standing in front of a classroom teaching them Spanish that they've been programmed from uh-huh. AI or uh-huh. from from someone to here's your lesson plan and you teach it. Um, I think that's going to be a lot moving forward. And, and I, it won't just be languages; it will be everything. 
imagine AI teaching history the way it wants to teach history. Yes. The, rather than the way history really happened. I was saying <clears throat> that it will be able to take AI learning and make it more specific for your child's mm -hmm. learning disabilities or learning mm -hmm. efficiencies. Uh -huh. um, and so if they need to learn a different way, it'll teach them a different uh -huh. way. If they need to be pushed in math because they're great at math, then it will push them as mm -hmm. fast and as, as much as they can learn. And mm -hmm. so I think it will have the ability to cram more learning in a shorter time. Right. Um, but what is it teaching? You know, that's that's the question that it keeps being brought up is it's only as good as the data that you feed it. Right. Right. And so what are what are the people that are feeding it the data? What do they want my child to learn? And that's what they will teach your child. Yeah. So it means you'll have to be more involved in what you want to teach your child, almost in opposition to what AI may be teaching your child. Well, but you, you got, you got, you're going to have to have strong family values and beliefs. And our, mm -hmm. our, our, our culture mm -hmm. no longer has strong family values and beliefs. Right, right. And if you're going to let a computer teach your children, they've got to know good, strong family values and beliefs. Otherwise, anything will be able to influence them in the future. But a computer is already teaching your children. See oh. this? That's a computer, and it's teaching your children uh, things you, you have think no Coco idea. Is, is, is <laughs> teaching my kids. We the only the only um, videos that my I mean they watch some cartoon they watch mm -hmm. they watch Dumbo and stuff. Uh -huh. My kids have never been like you know, Looney Tune uh -huh. uh, cartoons. That that's just not my kids. And we don't play video games. My wife and I don't, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and so we we don't have video game machines at the house. Uh -huh. And so we don't sit and play video games with them on their tablets. And so, I mean, my, my son watches, you know, we, we turn on Coco or Blimpy for him. And the next thing we know, he's watching stuff, calling us, at, telling him he just learned this or he likes mm -hmm. that or he saw this. I mean, we took him to the Alamo, took him to the Alamo, took him to the state capitol. Uh -huh. And within an hour after leaving the state capitol, he was like, I just saw that on my Coco. Uh, he calls this cocoa, his little tablet of uh -huh. cocoa. Mm -hmm. um, but um, we try to do the learning in our house, uh -huh. the teaching. And that's where it has to happen. We no longer can depend on the educational system. No, or what they see. Yeah. My kids love Happy Feet. Uh -huh. And I think it's just the worst uh -huh. cartoon uh -huh. movie ever. Like, I, I'll turn it off as soon as they walk uh -huh. out of the room. Uh -huh. um, because uh, it, when they were throwing the happy feet, the fish, it was the 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 mom the the story of that moment was was how dependent the world becomes on on the fish givers, and it, and he was so sad because of that. And I thought that's just the worst thing I've ever heard of. I mean, it was trying to teach kids that that you need to obey and you need to listen and you need to follow the leader, and then ultimately you'll get some fish from it. And I thought that was just a horrible meaning to, to a movie. So not a fan of happy Yeah, fact. teaching people, teaching children they have to obey is, is it's who you obey. Hmm. Not, not just obey for the sake of obeying. That's when the government can take over your children. Well, they're trying. They're I mean, trying hard. 
I mean, we see a lot of the school districts. Yeah. With yeah. With, with having more say though, so than than what you what what you're okay with. I mean, I've I've had family and friends talk about me sending my kid to a private school as a fancy school. And it's, it's it's not fancy. It's not fancy. It's uh, that the, school's twenty or thirty years old. There's better technology built schools and school districts around me where I live. <clears throat> um, it's the people inside of it. It's the values. Yes, the values. It's not fancy, right? It's the people that are in there right. demonstrating the right ways to live for life, right? Um, and having right core values. Um, I mean, it, there's a, if they don't think private schools all have their own secret sauce, they're crazy. That's right. the difference between right. that and a public school. A public school just pleases people and private schools have their own secret sauce. Uh -huh. They have an agenda and a right and wrong right. and a theory and a purpose. And our, our school district today, they don't, they, they, they're there to, to, they're there like a gigantic daycare. They're here to please the kids. To pass the kids to the next grade and don't cause any drama. They're factories. Uh-huh. They're factories. Don't tell anybody they didn't do a good job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And life is not going to tell you when you walk out of high school in your mom and dad's house that you're doing a good job mm -hmm. if you're not. Right. Right. Of course, it's, there are a lot of people who don't even walk out of mom and dad's house. Not today. Because they haven't been taught independence. My brother's ex-wife's got two, her two oldest kids are, are living at the house. Her huh. sister, since her mom and dad died, has moved in with her also. So she's got really three people in her house, uh -huh. plus my brother and her kids, that have never left the home. I mean, they're, they're ranging right. from like 35 to, to 22 or three, and they live at home with mom and dad. I, I mean, I was living on my own at 15. I know that's a little, a lot, but. Well, I was I mean, 18, so I was a, a late. You were much more normal than I was, so. But <laughs> um, but I, I couldn't, I, I don't go stay with my mom and right. dad when I would, right. if, I, if I could. Right. Because I, I went, I'm not staying in their damn house because I didn't want to at 15. That's right. where I left. And so right. I'm not going to go back and pretend like I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm not. Right. You right. Know? Yeah. We wanted to move out as soon as we could. We wanted independence. We wanted yes. to drive as soon as we could. Because we wanted the independence and we wanted to grow up. Yes. I was already grown up. Life had already given me enough hardships mm -hmm. over my 15 years uh -huh. that I was already far greater in, and and I'd been, I'd had more life uh -huh. things thrown at me than most people at my age. So I was, I was far greater than my 15 years had, uh -huh. had said. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, but I don't know if it was the independence, you know, we all want that for some reason. Mine was just to get away. Like, like I had so many people trying to tell me uh -huh. how to live my life their way. Um, uh -huh. And I was just never that person. I was going to live my life my way. And you had a sense of what was right also. 
Oh, no, I broke the law a lot. Yeah. Well, I was in trouble all the damn time growing up. You still up. had a sense of right and wrong, even though you were maybe breaking the law. You yeah. knew what the law was. Yeah, I knew what the law yeah. was. I knew when I broke it, I was breaking yeah. it, absolutely. I, and I think that's different than in current times. I'm not sure people know what the law is or care. I don't think they care. We, yeah. we see, I've, I've witnessed it twice and thought, do I chase them down? Kind of ran my basket into the guy running out the door at the Home Depot a couple of months ago. Um, but I've, I've seen the, the, the smash and grab here in my little city uh-huh. of Burleson. I know, I know. Um, and it's disturbing. I, I caught some, I saw some kids. I didn't realize what they were doing at, at Albertsons until they were putting all this detergent in their car. And I finally figured out that when he ran by me with the cart, I knew he was wrong. Right, right. But I stood on my car and took pictures of them. Um, so I get, but you know, I, they rolled down their window and I'm going to tell you, my first thought was, do I have enough metal between me right. and their car to protect me if he pulls out a gun and starts shooting? Right. Um, and that yeah. was kind of scary here in Burleson, Texas. In Burleson. Yeah. But I was yelling at them, don't you ever come back to my effing city. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so they were going to sell it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't understand all the smash and grab stuff yeah, anyhow. They, but they, they, they get the stuff and they sell it on the street. Uh, Walgreens, several Walgreens. Well, you know, uh, have everything. Off. First Aid and Boots filed bankruptcy Tuesday. Oh, did they? Uh huh. You know, Boots used to be you know a huge pharmaceutical, uh-huh, uh-huh. and then they bought Rite Aid bottom, uh-huh. and then now they've filed bankruptcy. Huh, interesting. Yeah, it's uh, well. The lady at Walgreens said that uh, Walgreens. I got prescriptions yesterday, and. Uh, there was a new lady at the counter from Walgreens, and she said Walgreens is in trouble too. Uh-huh. She said she left there after 18 years. Um, wow. She says there's just shortages, and uh-huh. what they were asking their employees to do was way too much. And uh-huh. you know, and I think everybody buys pharmaceuticals. There's got to be a profit in pharmaceuticals, but why are they? Why are they filing bankruptcy? I don't think that's a little scary. I mean, I, I read, you know, we, we talk about the economy a lot. Um, and certainly that's part of my secret sauce to success is knowing what's going on in all the yeah. different industries, not just real estate and yeah. not just land. Um, leisure's off. Yeah. Vacationing's way off. Right. Um, um, my brother's in the cheese business, and he said all of his specialty, more expensive cheeses have gone from being the the thing the last two or three years to now they're sitting on the shelves and expiring. Really? Uh-huh. Oh. And I heard, I heard Louis Vuitton uh-huh. was down 20 uh-huh. to 30% in the last quarter. Rolex right. was off 10 to 20% yeah. in the yeah. last quarter. Yeah. And so those, all the, the higher end goods um, are slowing down, but you know, that's, that's the, to me, that's the home industry mm-hmm. right there for you. All those mortgage people, all the bankers, all right. the home sales, the sales reps, the people that work for Dear Horton that were getting these massive bonuses, the lumber companies, the tile people, the 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 trades, they all had tons of cash because the economy was booming. Mm-hmm. People were buying houses and they brought that almost to a screeching mm-hmm. halt. Um, certainly financeable. Uh, there's still a lot of people paying cash, but not financing. If you can't buy the house, you can't buy the Louis Vuitton bag. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 
You have a Louis Vuitton? No. Now, come on. I don't. Over your few years you've never, been around, you're I telling me you never, never uh-uh. had a Louis Vuitton one never. time. Uh-uh. Something fancier? Uh-uh. No? Uh-uh. Just not into handbags? I what? just don't like handbags. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bought one for my wife uh, when we had a couple of... Right. Big events right. happened for us, so. and it was cool going in there and, right. and buying it. And I could have ordered it online. And uh, I actually know some people that are in the in the purse right. trading kind of business. I don't know how they're from from Vietnam. Um, but I called her and I was like, "Hey, I want to get my wife a Louis Vuitton." And she goes, "Oh, I can't get one for you. Is this her first one?" I was like, "Yeah." She <laughs> goes, oh, "I can't get it for you." And I was like. What do you mean you can't get it for me? And she was like, oh, no, she's got to go to the store. Yeah, that's the cool thing to uh-huh. go to the yeah. store. Yeah. She said, if you're going to, she's going to get one. You got to take her to the yeah. store. Right. For her first one. You can, I'll buy, I'll get her the next right. ones. But. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's her secret sauce. I mean, you walk in there. It's, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a secret to why people are successful in their different industries. Why someone's handbag's worth four thousand right. dollars? It's probably manufactured for the exact same thing that a handbag at a hundred dollars is manufactured for. Um, but there's something it, about that experience. Yes, it's yeah. the experience. You know, Saturn was an experience. Yeah. Louis Vuitton's an experience. Neiman Marcus is an experience. Right. <clears throat> right. You ever stayed at a Ritz Carlton? Yes. That's an experience. That's an experience. You know, we used yeah. to have, I've, I've told the story, maybe and told the story on the podcast, but we had a manager, manager. We had an owner, Mike Edwards, got back from the Rich Carlton. Um, he was one of the owners of the car dealership. And he came in carrying this little book that they give all the employees at the Rich Carlton. Um, and he flipped through it to customer service about how they do customer service. And if you ask a bartender about a pillow in your room, he's stopping bartending. He's going to go find you a fix for your pillow in your room, right. and then he's going to solve your problem. It's right. the first person asked right. is with that problem until it's solved. And the secret sauce behind that is it makes the person feel important. Yes. If they you're stopping selling, what you're doing. That's what they're selling, uh-huh. helping you feel important. Well, but isn't that what everybody's yeah. selling? I mean, if, if right, they're great right. at what they do and right. they make you feel yeah. important, you're going to buy their shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just happens. Yeah. Making you feel important. Uh-huh. Yeah. So is that the is that uh, is that the, is that part of the secret to keeping employees and long marriages? And I think so. I think uh-huh. it's a huge secret sauce for marriage, yeah. making the other person feel important. Wanted, loved, cared for. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, it's, it's the same with, with private school. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. You know, we were talking about education when we started and I, it's the exact same thing that I feel. Uh-huh. My son has no issue going to school. Right. Where I've right. had issues with him prior to him going uh-huh. to that school. Uh-huh. And it's because they make him feel important. Uh-huh. I mean, Miss yeah. Bobo does whatever she does all uh-huh. day long. Uh-huh. She makes him feel important because he knows her stories and he shares his stories. Uh And I think the other kids in class know each other's names. And so they've made each other feel important. Uh Uh Um, And so I do, I think feeling important is a big part of it, you know. Um, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, um, 15, 20 years ago, when there were these little bitty small branches uh, out of North Carolina and the, the West Coast, they grew, both of them had 
CEOs that came out of uh, Northwest Bank. You remember Northwest Bank? Uh-uh. Okay. There's another bank that was from the East Coast when they merged. But the guy's theory was is you made everybody in the bank some sort of high-level director, vice president, president of their division, president of Mar- of tellers, president uh-huh. Of, uh-huh. Of, 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 you know, you know, opening new accounts. Right. right. And so they gave out a lot of titles to people for four or five years and gave none of them raises. Uh, and it really, really increased their bottom lines. And they, the banks grew massively um, yeah. because yeah. they felt important to come to work because they yeah. wanted to be able to tell their friends that they were yeah. the vice president of Wells Fargo on Hewlin. Uh-huh. And really, they were the uh-huh. vice president of, of Teller Money Counting at the end of the night, right. last shift manager. But they felt important. <laughs> they felt important. Uh-huh. And that's uh-huh. all they did to, uh-huh. to grow Wells uh-huh. Fargo and Bank of America is give out titles. No right. pay raises, just right. titles. Right. Right. Uh, and so at one point, they, everybody, I mean, you could walk into Bank of America and every card you'd get would have vice president or better on it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't, um, I don't necessarily have to feel important. Uh, I think it, I think it's a basic human need to feel yeah. recognized, uh-huh. to, to feel known, because if we're not recognized, we we don't survive. You know? See, I've worked for some people that really had to be recognized, uh-huh. um, and I learned pretty quickly that no matter how no matter how much of what we we were being recognized for. I was the one who created it. I was never going to get credit for anything uh-huh. working uh-huh. for the group. And uh-huh. so uh-huh. Um, I went from from having to tell you my story about everything of my successes to not sharing any of my story of uh-huh. successes with you. Uh-huh. And it taught me a lot. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a better person today than I was because uh-huh. um, I don't have to sell myself the same way. Right, right. Um, and you certainly don't have to pat me on the back and tell me, great uh-huh. job because of it. I want uh, to always tell people, I just want, just pay me correctly. If yeah. I have to come in and fight with you to get paid, you and I are not going to work together for you very long. You just want the reward. Yeah. yeah right. Look at my, I tell them, right. the people that I love are uh-huh. not in this office. Uh-huh. They're not. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I've got lots of great acquaintances I've met over uh-huh. the years in uh-huh. business. But the people I love are at my house. Uh-huh. And if uh-huh. I'm done with my work day and I finish my part, uh-huh. I'm going home to the people that I love. Right. I'm right. not hanging out at the office with just people. With just strangers. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. We don't make decisions. And I've, I've told people in the past, you know, how long did you keep talking to that person that got fired from your company that was your best friend and your coworker? And you don't. Those relationships don't. Last no. after and after. No matter work. how great friends uh-huh. and how many uh-huh. parties you've been to, uh-huh. Uh-huh. when people change jobs, they change uh-huh. lives almost right. these days. Right. right. And so it's a whole new group of friends uh-huh. and associates and uh-huh. things to do. And you know nobody really likes to talk about their past, so they uh-huh. they just kind of get rid of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, we we at our house try to to. To, we tell our boys we're proud of them, right. and we want to feel loved. Right, right. Uh, I think that's important. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've got a lot of people around this town that I know love me. 
Uh, that's more important than someone telling me I did a great job. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's so important to let your children know that you love them, that you you believe in them. I think instead of telling people goodbye, I think you should just tell everybody you love them, like uh-huh. your friends, your family, uh-huh. your coworkers. Uh-huh. Just tell everybody, hey, I love you. Yeah. Instead of saying goodbye. Right. I'm not a big right. goodbye fan, right. but my wife and I typically don't eat the last of anything when we go go out to eat because mm. we don't want it to be the last time we ever have it. So. Right, right. And it's hard. Have you ever tried to not eat the last bite of a lava cake? <laughs> you talk about not easy. I'm dead. <laughs> that takes real determination. It does. You're like, oh, you know, maybe you get a little bit, one more little sliver of it and say, well, there's still a bite left. There's still a tiny piece there. Yeah. Um, one of the, uh, the, so what do you think about all the stuff going on in Israel? Well, it's uh, sad, but um, not surprised. It's been going on for a long, long time. It'll it probably gonna, go is, on forever. Is this going to be the time it stops forever or no? They're, oh, they're just going to please it and end oh, it? Oh, they'll find a way to work it out and it'll happen again. Yeah. Are we getting any of the 29 hostages back alive? I don't know. I don't know. Do you think we will? I think they're already dead. Uh-huh. Um, as uh-huh. you know, the the average age of those people was in their 20s. Like uh-huh. the, the whole population of Palestine's over 35 uh-huh. is the median age of the whole. Yeah. All of them. So I think they're super young. I don't think they have any business or know-how in taking care of people that way. Um, nor do I think they really want to. I don't think they really want to feed three times a day the the Jewish woman sitting in a cell. I don't no. think they do. And so I think they're all dead already. Uh-huh. Um, and they're just using, we've got them as hostages to right. to keep them from blowing them just off the face of the earth. And right, right. I think they're all dead. Yeah. I think they've all been dead for and, and if they most of the days. are dead, I don't think Hamas cares. No, I don't they think they care do. about anything. I don't know how... You know, what What in life makes you just hate people because they're different than you? I mean, well, I, I have some judgmental things about people, but they were, I think, in my opinion, rightfully earned. Um, uh-huh. But I don't want to kill them. Right. You know, I right. don't really even want anything bad to happen right. to them. I just don't want to do anything with them. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't get how you just climb a wall and go kill 270 well, dancing people listen to a music festival. You're trained to do that. But how are you trained to do that? Well, from the time in ta- we're, we're talking about education. Yeah, there's no education over there. Well, but the education that is there is taught, they're taught to hate the Jews. That's what they're taught. Seems strange to us, but it's normal for them. Well, just hate in general is just strange. Like we don't, I don't have, we don't have that teeth grinding, fearful hate for people. Um, I mean, that takes a lot of energy. Yeah. Don't you have better things to do? It's hard to have a good life when you're hating people. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. I guess when you've got nothing but sand around you, I guess that makes it easier. I don't know. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know. You think our government should be involved? Our government is involved. But do you think they should? Well, 
we take care of our, our friends. Do you think our government should be involved? I would be leery of them putting troops on the ground. Well, right, right. I don't think we should um, do that. I don't think we should do I think that. in today's ages, I think you, you, Donald Trump sent 27 cruise missiles into those barracks that blew up um, in Syria. Yeah. Um, to show them, I'm not sending another 21. Right. Because um, I sent you this many to tell you, stop what you're doing and don't do it again. Right. Because uh, the next time is not going to be 21, and they stopped. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't think flying our president to Israel to have four of the nations that border Israel tell the president of the United States, "I don't want to speak to you." I think that was a very, very silly move. I think that's terrible. I, I just showed the rest of the world that nobody has. Even these little states that are the size of New York City don't have any respect for you, Mr. President. Right. That, that's that what they said. And a very, very silly thing for the president. I think that's detrimental to the United States. Sadly, he doesn't seem to have very so, good handlers. And you know what? Our president of the United States shouldn't have to have handlers. He should well, be that. That person should be so dynamic. They they they're teaching and telling the people below them where to go, right. how to do it. Right. I mean, I promise you, Elon Musk does not have a set of handlers right. that that direct him. Right. He does and says whatever he wants, and they may go clean it up, and they may ask him, "Hey, you really want to send out that tweet?" And he may but say, if he says, I'm sending it, he sends it. Yeah, you and know? he may say, yes, I'm going to send it. Yeah, I, th I think when a president has to have handlers, we have a problem. Wow. Yeah, I think we have we, a big problem. Yeah, I think we I'm going to grow up problem. to be the president, but I'm going to have handlers? That doesn't make any sense. Why? Why? Well, we, we, this is what we started with. Why are you so selfish to think that, 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 we need you for four more years. That's the problem I have, yeah. is that that he knows he's not the best for America. There's no way he can. You're not making your own decisions. You're, you're half haywire all the time. So what, what, why, what, what makes you so selfishly decide that we as Americans need to have you for four more years? Maybe you know you're not the best of what we can have. Maybe his handlers told him. We should that, have the, you should. That's just not someone didn't put the secret sauce right into him from the beginning because that's not what you do for people. Right. And you know, you're, you're out there saying you're a public servant. No, you're not. Right, right, right. You're not a public servant. If you've served more time than you should be serving, you're no longer serving the people. And so uh, I don't think he should be there for that reason. Regardless of his other reasons, right. I don't think we'll. I think we're going to have like the craziest election. I think Biden will either die, or will be so incoherent by the elections that nobody's going to even be able to interview in the last six months or even see him because no one's going to want you to know how bad off he is. Well, it will certainly be an interesting election, and and Trump will be in jail. <laughs> it will be a fascinating election. We know that. It probably won't make any sense, but it will be fascinating. And 
and again, the handlers will have to figure out what to do. Um, They're probably sitting up at night trying to figure out what to do as we speak. They kind of got themselves in a mess. Well, I don't think they want... They, they, the people that are there think they, they're supposed to be there. Right, right. But I don't think it's playing out the way they thought it was going to play out. Well, they thought it'd be not so incoherent by now, or they thought maybe, maybe they Kamala thought we Harris were... would be liked more and be, <laughs> would have become president by now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they thought we were stupid. I think they do think we're stupid. Yeah. I think they... I think they play on the fact that we're stupid, that, you know, given all these illegal immigrants, work visas right. means that they can go get a driver's license. Right. And in most states in the union, if you have a driver's license. You can vote. You can vote. They don't question whether you are legal to vote. Right. They have to give you the voting paperwork and you can vote. And so unless somebody's checking the, the voters' rolls to see if Simi Sue is actually a registered voter or can vote or is just, alive or just gets a one or, you know, or is alive. Yeah. Lyndon, Lyndon Johnson once said in Texas, we vote early and we vote often. <laughs> yeah, <I bet. laughs> so it, it, it's an old, it's an old behavior. I hope it's not this coming year, but uh, two years, I, I think there's going to be a lot of drama. A lot of issues. It will be. It will be very interesting. I think it's really gonna if yeah. if the Biden administration doesn't do something to spur the home industry, you could have some oh. really rough times. This oh. recession that they said we avoided, oh. I think, is just around the corner. It's going to come so big. Yeah, yeah. And you know, the worse things get in Israel right now, the the higher the cost of oil right. is going to get. And, you know, predictions at least over 100. There's some predictions uh -huh. over 150 right. by right. Christmas time, which means right. Christmas time is going to deliver $5 gasoline. And, or, or more. Or more. And so traveling for Christmas will be down mm -hmm. because the cost of traveling will be out of sight. Yeah. yeah. Well, the cost of traveling is already out of sight yeah. these yeah. days. And if you're not the first plane to leave, then you know that odds are you're you're probably gonna have some layovers and extra time added into your mm -hmm. trip. I mean, probably the businesses are, that are going to do well are the businesses in airports because there will be so many people sleeping so, yeah, over sleeping over in right. the airports. That's for sure. Right? Don't you wish you owned a bar at the airport? Yeah. Maybe you should have done that a long time ago. <laughs> right. Or you could sell sleeping bags. There you go. Start yeah, a business selling can. sleeping bags. Sleeping at the bags airport. at the airport in case you're laid over. <laughs> right. Ones that are proof for you to lay on the ground at the airport. Yeah, because you, you will be laying over. Yes. That's a fact. Now, you don't like to fly. Do you drink when you fly? Do you drink now? Do I don't drink, drink now. I used to drink when, uh, I, when I would fly. I uh, used to drink a lot when I would fly, uh, but I don't drink any longer. Yeah. How long was the last time you had a drink? Um, about eight months ago. Hmm. Last time you were drunk. Oh, gosh. Many years ago. Many, many years ago. This century? Huh? This century? 
Yeah. <laughs> just playing. Let's see. Not not this century. That's right. Not this century. Not this I think, century. I think the last time I was drunk was probably in the eighties. In the eighties. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sadly, I could drink more alcohol than I needed mm-hmm. without having the effects, which is why I quit drinking mm-hmm. because I wasn't having the effects, and I didn't think the alcohol was healthy. That was, uh, it's been nine years and some months since I had, I drank. Good for you, yeah. And the last time I was drunk was probably two or three days before I stopped Uh drinking. Uh Uh Yeah. But it's just not something that's in my, it's not something I I need to experience anymore. Yeah, I know. I guess that's, you know, I did it a lot. I had fun doing it. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I'm not going to tell my kids they can't. I'm right. just going to watch them much closer than my family watched me to uh-huh. make sure that uh-huh. they they don't have, they don't want to drink all the time. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing in my practice, I'm seeing a lot of alcohol issues post-COVID. Post-COVID. Mm-hmm. Started drinking during COVID, right. can't stop. Right. Drinking a lot during COVID, working and drinking all day long uh-huh. because they were working from home. It's, sure. It's creating some big big problems now. Yeah. And so how do you how do you coach that one better? Oh, I try to get them to I mean the person you're telling to stop drinking is not gonna stop drinking. They're not gonna stop. I try to get them to go to AA, which they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I try to encourage them to go to rehab, which probably isn't gonna work. And I try to get the spouses to go to Al Anon, which is a really, really positive thing we have. But nobody wants to go to Al-Anon because they think it's not my problem. Why should I go? So there isn't much, honestly, that can be done unless the person themselves decides to stop. Yeah, and it has a, to be a decision on their part. Yeah, and it's it's a commitment to yeah. stop forever. Right, forever. Forever, forever. Yeah. yeah. If you have a problem with it, it's, 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 it's yeah. no amount of time. Right. Is enough time to overcome right. the things that it could recause in your life. Yeah, um, and just for me, it's the it's the idea of being back doing the things that I was doing when I was drinking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't want to be a parent like that. I think right. it'll be great to right. my kids will know that their their mom and dad don't drink, uh-huh. uh, and I've never drank in front of them, uh-huh. and so. I think that'll be an experience. I didn't get to live through that for sure, but I think it'll be a that'll be a good secret sauce for my boys. To, my parents didn't drink, and I didn't drink in high school, which meant I got invited to every party because I was the designated driver. Uh-huh. I didn't drink until I was twenty-one, and I think the fact that I didn't didn't see my parents drinking made it a lot easier for me mm-hmm. to to manage. I was. Uh, I was more responsible, I guess, at that age. So every I drove, uh-huh. and I still drive. Uh-huh. If I'm going somewhere with somebody, I'm driving. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. back then, even in high school, everybody let me drive their car because uh-huh. uh, uh-huh. I was responsible enough. I never, I, I didn't like beer. So you know, lots of right. keg parties and stuff that had beer, and I just wouldn't oh. drink as much yeah. as everybody else. And so yeah. I'd drive everybody home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I did. I was, I was the driver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I'm just the driver. I'd rather. It's easier when you're the driver, just like we talked about. You know, this is, this is, 
you know, like you're, you're my guest and I make up the rules. So, you know, right. if, if, if I'm driving right. and I'm ready to go home, right. we're going home. Right, right. I don't have to ask somebody permission. It's, you tell everybody what you're doing and they right. either jump on or get a cab. I guess not cab, but. No, I wasn't always very responsible when I was driving because I did like to drive fast. So Yeah, was, you told me that. Yeah, that, that wasn't too good. Yeah. <laughs> I drove some cars fast, but it wasn't my never was my my thing to drive right. super fast. Right. But, uh, I didn't want to get in an accident. Yeah. I didn't want to see the popos. I didn't want to have to talk to some police department guy at the stop sign that I just ran into the back of a car. So right. Right. I didn't drive too fast. I had I was I had an accident on that inter- interaction. That interchange in Alvarado and I-35. Uh-huh. A truck hit me. That's funny. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching the time here. I'm about to have to leave here in just a minute. But I'm going to that intersection. Oh, well, be careful. How, how crazy is that? I have to go to Alvarado. I'm picking <laughs> up. Um, they're out there picking up my my real estate sign. Right. And I, the, there's a road called 401 right past that uh-huh. that that exit that you got hit yeah. by, yeah, the and truck, that's where I'm going. The truck was coming right through there. It, it hurt the car, but it didn't hurt me. Yeah, that's a crazy intersection yeah. now, uh, like yeah. like super crazy. There's mm-hmm. like twelve lanes turning, oh moving, gosh. going all the time. The yeah, the building that's going on out here is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, the west has slowed down a little bit. West side of Fort Worth, where where you're at, hasn't it? Are you still still think there's lots of growth? Oh, there's lots of growth out there. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, do you go down to the shopping centers towards Weatherford that have the, the restaurants and the stuff on the right that they just built? Uh-huh. And, and I have my car serviced in Weatherford, so I'd... Oh, that's right. I so I, that. I go to Weatherford. Uh-huh. And I go to H-E-B in Weatherford. That's where I shop. And my my dogs go to... Jerry's I-20. is actually in Willow Park. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. My dogs go to I-20 vet... So I'm out there quite a bit. It's just a, it's a, it's a, it's 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 a different place out out west than than it is down south. It is. It is different very people, different different, uh-huh. different spirit, different drive. Very, you know. very different. Yeah. I always tell my wife, and she doesn't get it. Uh, she gets it, but it's not just something that you understand. But every south side of every city in Texas is the poor side. And the east side, southeast side of any city in Texas is the poor side. Galveston, uh, Galveston I mean, you get yeah. to you get to Third Ward where Houston's out, south side of Houston, all that. That's terrible. Dallas, south side's terrible. When, Austin, when south Worth side's was, terrible. When Fort Worth was growing, the the it was opposite. The north side was the poor side. Do you know uh, why? The packing houses were out there. Yes. And when the packing houses stopped. That changed. Uh-huh. I've seen the overlay of Fort Worth from the 1870s and then again the overlay in the 1940s. We built uh, a bunch of houses off of Vickery and uh-huh. 35. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so that's in the historic district. And so right. all those homes back, there was a president who created a home, built a bunch of affordable houses for Americans. Uh-huh. And Fort Worth was one of the cities. And so it was a master planned overlay community. Uh-huh. And they were all, the lots were the same size, all the mm-hmm. houses were the same size, uh-huh. but 
all those houses over time had been torn down right. and new homes built on, right. on top of their spots. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, you know, there was no house on any of the lots we bought, but every one of those lots had prior homes on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pretty cool. Real estate is interesting when you look at the history. Yes, the history yeah. sometimes is the best part of it. Uh-huh. And knowing your history, you know, I'm uh-huh. I'm in a, a deal with the water district. Um, and uh-huh. the client I'm buying the property from said he had a water tap that he paid for. The company that he, he bought the land from 42 years ago just happened to still be operating. Uh-huh. And they had an office. And the office happened to have a 42-year-old folder. Wow. With his signature and the owner's signature for the water tap. Uh-huh. And so I was able to, to go see the local water department who didn't want to give me a water tap uh-huh. and say, no, ma'am, that water tap actually has already been paid for and is due. We'd like the water tap. Uh-huh. And here's your letter, by the right. way. Right. Uh, yeah. But no, without the... Knowing your history matters. Yes, tracking yeah. it down, knowing you know people that it's important to keep those things for uh-huh. for a long time. I mean, uh-huh. she literally looked at me when I walked in her office and she said, "Sir, you know that's forty two years old. You think I've got that folder?" I said, "Ma'am, I was hoping you did." <laughs> and she comes around the corner and she's like. I don't know why we still have this, but here it is. Um. <laughs> what do you need from it? I was like, I want the whole thing, actually. <laughs> actually, if people knew their history better, there probably wouldn't be as many problems in the Middle East. There you go for history. Yeah. Long history back there. You know, there's yeah. long histories of yeah. the, the Persians, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all these people, you know, if they knew their history, you know that... The Saudi Arabia, Qatar, um, Afghanistan, Jordan, Egypt—they were all just, just, just nomad uh, tribal leaders. And when Europe walked away from the Middle East, they appointed all these tribal leaders, mm-hmm. not knowing all the values of the things that they had in right. that sand. Right, right, right. They were yeah. just tribal leaders. Uh-huh. And so. Well, thanks for your your conversations today, a little bit around the world, a little history, a little little math, a little education, a little AI, a little little history. We'll we'll wait and see what AI has to say about our history. Yeah, well, I wonder if AI will tell us what they think of our show. (laughs) (laughs) So, that is good seeing you, Lynn. You have a wonderful week. My name is Jeffrey Davis. And I'm Lynn Bush. With the Secret Souths Podcast. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Secret Sauce Podcast. Follow us on social media at The Secret Sauce Pod to receive daily encouragement on how to find your secret sauce to life.